0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the history of rock. His name is Brandon. He's the DJ.
1: His name is Shim. He is the rock star. Class is in session, and I'm hoping it recorded that uh, all of that intro right there. Otherwise, it might have cut you off a little bit. If it did, I'm sorry, I apologize. This is only the second episode, and we haven't recorded in like a year so. We're getting all the bumps and bruises out here. But for this episode, we are getting back into Mother Love Bones, Apple. You're getting a two-parter here. And for all we know, this might be a two-parter kind of a show, because we're going to wrap up each episode at about 30 minutes. Um, and we're deep diving into a lot of different, a lot of different uh, albums. And if you look over my right shoulder, you'll see the Mother Love Bone Apple album right there. And so, real quick synopsis of what happened in the last episode: we learned that Australians don't know how to pronounce Nike or Adidas, and that- Adidas, 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 <laughs> and Nike apparently, and that Mother Love Bone was kind of one of the big bands that was supposed to be the first big grunge band. Um, they had signed to a major record label. The album was done, but then three months before the album was released, the lead singer Andrew Wood passed away of an overdose. So we've covered a lot of things. If you want some more of the kind of uh, fan facts that everybody should know, you can always go back and listen to that previous episode. But we were in the middle of our true fan facts here when it comes to Mother Love Bone, and um, we recently talked about Andrew Wood, how he was obsessed with Tecmo Bowl. He would keep all of the stats for himself and and uh that's something that he enjoyed doing while they were on the road but the next fact here has more to do with malfunction that was the band that andrew was in prior to mother love bone and they considered themselves love rock and he went by the oh, name say,
0: say it again they considered themselves loves that was their subgenre that they gave themselves love rock love rock yes as in like we love rock or rock to make love to or what um, I think just love in general
1: because they all went by different names as well. And Andrew went by Landrew the Love Child or Landrew the Love Master of Ceremonies.
0: Dude, and that sounds like a cult. Uh, well,
1: and then it, it actually it was. Speaking of cults, Star Trek. That's where the name Landrew actually came from. Is that it was a character in Star Trek? I'm not as familiar with Star Trek. Cause I'm a Star Wars guy, um,
0: but a that's Star Trek. Next Generation? No, it would have been. No, the original. would have the been OG? the original. Yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, I wouldn't know. I would know if it was Next Generation. I was a Trekkie for Next Generation, but no, nah, I don't know the OG. Really? I don't think I ever knew that about you. Dude, I was a Trekkie. I was a fucking. Yeah, I wanted the badge and everything. I was like hardcore nerd. nerd like, wow. massive, no, that's why. Dude, this is why I was always surprised that anyone ever thought that I was cool. Because when the band well. was touring, You get, I, I shut up. Mm -hmm. Uh, When the band was touring, we'd get up on stage, we'd play rock songs, we'd rock out, we'd swear, fucking yeah. People go, dude, that's you're cool, and I'd be like, and I'd go back and I'd remember, like, yeah, I was into Star Trek, I'd listen to lots of music that would have surprised people that we can get into in another episode. Oh hell yeah. And like, um, and you know, I I never played D and D, so don't fucking judge me because I know you were a D and D kid, okay? But the idea that like. Like, Breaking Benjamin, right? He's a good example. Someone who you would think is super dark and super like, God, he's the coolest motherfucker ever. You can't get that guy off the PlayStation, right? He's so into Transformers and PlayStation, and that's dope, but it's not what you would normally go as like the dark brooding motorcycle guy, like, well, did We're you ever. all just fucking. Well, I, that's why I'm surprised when people are surprised that I was into Star Trek. It's like, would it be cooler if I was into Star Wars? Yes. That's a good question for the 1000%. comments. Yeah,
1: mister, I have a is Star Wars sign behind me.
0: Yo, I like Star Wars too.
1: Are you No, right? I I'm talking about yours. Trek I one. mean, every, my, Christ, my screen name is the one. real Brandalorian. Of course I'm a Star Wars fan.
0: Yeah, but it, does that make you cooler than me, motherfucker? Yeah. It does. does it? Oh, yeah. That's really bullshit. Does. I want to know in the comments, everyone right now, I want you to write in the comments. Is Brandon cooler than me just because he likes Star Wars and I prefer Star Trek? And fuck you if you say Brandon.
1: <laughs> I'm, t- I'm going to tell you right now that since you're saying that you take... And is that a TIE fighter back there as well?
0: Dude, I got a whole bunch of Star Wars shit. Do you want to know why? I'll tell you why. Do you want to know yeah, why? Yeah, Mister, like, why. I like
1: Star Trek more than Star Wars. I like I that like, we completely get sidetracked you you wanna, I'll tell fight. you
0: fucking why. I'll tell you why. Because my... <laughs> this is going to be a great clip. My wife has no idea what to get me for birthdays and Christmases anymore. And I said, if you buy me Star Wars or Joker stuff, I'll like it. And she hates Star Trek. So she will die before she buys me Star Trek stuff. So she's like, well, I don't get Star Wars, but at least I don't hate it. She just doesn't get into it. She looks at Star Trek and she's like, it just does silly shit. Doesn't make any sense fucking Star Trek. It's like what are all the aliens fucking horrible makeup. She's like, Star Damn. Trek sucks. And she doesn't say it like that. She doesn't say a bitchy, but she, I've tried to get her into Star Trek and she says it like, I just don't get it. I just don't get it, I can't get into it. Star Wars, she can watch and go, well, Leia's there. I can identify with that. She's cool, she's a badass. There's a little bit, so she can comprehend Star Wars. But I think Star Trek is one of those things where if you've loved Star, fuck, what, what happened to Mother Longbone? I, to- <laughs> I know, I know. But it's because laundry it's because came from Star Trek. But if you love Star Trek, and this is why this is why they were culty and fucking weird in Mother Love Bone, or is it? No, Malfunction. It's
1: Malfunction, yeah.
0: With Malfunction, because people who love Star Trek love Star Trek. Like, this is because the reason that this conversation is happening right now is because I am a Trekkie, and don't fucking tell me that Star Trek's not cool because I'll end you. And it's a point of contention with my wife because she's like, I just don't get it. I'm like, you're allowed to not get it. You get Star Wars, grab me some Star Wars stuff because we're out of things to buy each other for birthdays and Christmases. But, like, that's the main reason that I have the Star Wars stuff there. If, she, if I asked her to get me something from Star Trek, she would not know where to begin. Everyone knows that you start with the Star Wars logo and the Millennium Falcon, which is why I have both of them back there.
1: I don't see the Millennium okay. Falcon there at all. I see a TIE fighter. Oh, there it is. It's right above yeah. the sun. Yeah, okay, I got you. Yeah. Goddamn. All right, so going back to Mother Love Bone here. Smooth transition. Oh, look at that. Look at that.
0: It's a lamp. It's not plugged in because I don't need It, it doesn't work.
1: Could you imagine if you guys actually paid
0: for this class? You were saying, Brandon? If if somebody signed
1: up for this class called the History of Rock, and then the two instructors just started to battle it out about Star Trek and Star Wars. I guarantee
0: you, the comments section would just read, I don't do enough coke for this class. I'm out.
1: Yeah. No, either that or this class is my coke, because we'll wake you the hell up, apparently. Fucking A.
0: All right, so next
1: one. This is going to be an awkward transition here, because the next one... So we're talking about kind of the true fan facts here. This comes from the documentary um, about uh, Andrew Wood that's called "Malfunction: The Andrew Wood Story," and the documentary starts with his dad speaking at his memorial, and his dad actually says, and he's speaking to the uh, his other sons because Andrew was one of three um, one of three sons, and uh, also to the other members from uh, Mother Love Bone that eventually formed Pearl Jam. He says, I want you guys to go on and be the biggest stars you can be and see you guys on TV. If you got to get another singer, don't get a junkie. And it's the actual audio from the memorial that's in that documentary. And it's wow, it's uh, it's a tough pill to swallow right there. But we're not okay. going to stick on that one for too long as we just battled out about Star Wars and Star Trek. But um, like we were talking about... Um, jeff Ament and stone gossard they were the ones that came from green river and then they did mother love bone and then they actually went on to form pearl jam well the couple of the guys that were in green river with Ament and gossard mark arm and steve turner they went on to form mud honey so a lot of these bands that we're talking about here that's um, one
0: that i've heard of i've heard of when you first said mother love bone i was thinking mud honey that's what oh there thinking. you go. Yeah, well, I've heard of mud honey. Yeah
1: so and that's and that's what's interesting with a lot of these bands and uh, the, the formation of them is the bands that they had originally come from and the other uh, band members that they had performed with because most of them kind of turned into something or or got signed in some way, shape or form. Uh, the next one here it says here that after Wood he was released from rehab. He actually, because we had mentioned that he went and moved in with Chris Cornell. So this is when he had moved in with Cornell because, as Cornell told the story, Wood needed to be around somebody who didn't do any drug at all at that time. And, and I guess Cornell at that time was completely sober. Um, and so... It's because he was broke. <laughs> <laughs> so Wood moved in with Cornell, but then he also ended up getting a job at a coffee shop with Jeff Amon, who ended up obviously uh-huh. becoming, you know, mother Love bone into, uh, into Pro Jam. Right. And it was interesting is before they, they formed Mother Love Bone here There was a brief cover band That those guys were in And it was called Lords of the Wasteland
0: It's a cool name But I they like only that.
1: I believe they only did Like a couple of shows Like it wasn't anything That was very long Cool
0: idea The Lords of the Wasteland it's Lords very, of the Wasteland very dramatic
1: Yeah uh um, right, cool And then so And um, Kevin uh, Wood Who's Andrew Wood's brother He was in Malfunction with them And something that they Frequently talked about in the documentary, and I want to get your feedback on this, Jim, is that Let's apparently Kevin never wanted to stop playing. So when they were performing a set and the song was supposed to end, he just kind of kept going. Have <laughs> you ever run into that? Because there was a time where I was at a Warped Tour. And you know Warped Tour, it's a tight schedule. You have like a half an hour on stage. That's it. Where they had One band performs on the right hand side of the stage, they're setting up the left hand side of the stage for the next band. And then after that half hour, it switches, and it's just back and forth all day long. And Andrew WK was at one of the Warped tours that I was at, and that dude went like 45 minutes. So he cut half of the next band set because he wouldn't get the hell off stage. So, not that it's exactly the same thing as Kevin wanting to continue playing the songs when they were in Malfunction, but have you ever run into anything like that where somebody just wanted to keep playing, or maybe somebody cut the set short?
0: Oh, yeah, we've definitely had situations where the set got cut short. Um, I mean, sets get cut short for a few different reasons. Um, I never cut a set short. I remember there was a couple of times that sets got cut short because another band member kind of just didn't want to finish and there were other times when i mean we had my most this is slightly different but it's still one of my favorite stories uh because we got cut short the one time that we should have got cut short was in a club in san diego when someone uh, a security guard maced the crowd what and yeah i know it's fucking crazy but we were playing we were halfway through the show and some guy in the pit was getting too rowdy and there was a new security guard who was like first week on the job and he didn't know how to handle the situation so once for some reason it just got out of hand for a second and he went to 11 and maced the guy in the middle of the crowd so the whole crowd fucking dispersed so imagine a packed out club seven or eight hundred people they're all gone except for two to three rows of people at the front that are now they're going like (laughs) they're doing this they're doing that, they're covering their face with their shirts and rocking out And I didn't know what was wrong. I thought, I really, I'd never dealt with mace before. It's felt like burning in my throat and my face and my eyes and everything. Were you you able to continue
1: to sing at all?
0: Yeah, no, but I did anyway. And it was one of my proudest moments because I just remember thinking, no one's told us to stop playing. There's still people in the front. So what's probably gonna happen is there's been some sort of problem with the air conditioning and there's like a really horrible smell. They're gonna flush it out in 30 seconds and everyone's gonna come back i didn't know so i just until someone says stop playing you don't stop playing unless you have like a seizure or like your heart attack so you just keep playing through it and we did for about like and it was easy for the band like i was looking over at the band and i remember emma and mike they were like coughing and crying but they didn't have to sing so they just sort of kept playing along and were like that's all right i guess we'll just figure out what this is afterwards but i kept singing and I couldn't talk the next day, and it was really bad. But I remember the people at the front were still there, so I couldn't just stop because I didn't know what it was. I was like, if it's if if I stop and I don't know what it is, and it turns out I'm just being a little baby because something's going to resolve itself in one minute. But that was uh, that was the that was we we play through anything, not the same thing, but it's a nice little tidbit, nice little bit of fun story for everyone who's listening. But no, I, I I think the idea of whenever I've been in involved in any sort of musical thing if a person keeps playing you do one of two things if, if you finish the song and someone else keeps playing you go over and you smack them on the back of the head and you say we're done
1: <laughs> and you've, have you ever had or, to do that
0: uh yeah or um you the person keeps playing and then you find a way to use that to transition into the next song the latter is much more professional but it depends on what the person's playing. Usually, if the person just wants to keep playing, if you follow with them, they'll follow you through the transition and you'll both come out on the other side fairly unscathed. But it's still one of those things where, if you're in a band, you should probably have a conversation sometime before you get on stage of, hey, we're gonna finish the song here and we're gonna start the next one there and that's how it's gonna be.
1: Well, it was apparently apparently an issue that they had with Kevin and it didn't sound like they ever really were complaining about it. They actually thought it was kind of interesting because it seemed to be more of kind of a- Free, yeah, things, interesting. Like a free-flowing style with them up on yeah. stage, and uh, this next fact has more to do with Kevin as well. Now he wasn't in Mother Love Bone; he was in Malfunction with um, uh, with his brother Andrew. But apparently, he has crazy fast hands, and they say that he still has just amazingly fast hands on the guitar. And they mentioned that at one point very briefly i think it was for a couple of months he started to read the satanic bible with the hopes that the devil would take over his fingers to make them even faster so on the dark. guitar That's and so and as they were interviewing him in the documentary he's like yeah he goes but it didn't it didn't last very long cuz i couldn't make any friends that way so he's <laughs> like i i kind of ditched that cuz they also they compared it to like the devil went down to georgia Because, you know, you're talking about how you had the devil uh, in the competition. And so that's kind of what he was thinking and hoping is that, you know, maybe I can just get these blazingly fast hands, you know, when it comes to uh, playing the guitar there. Would you ever do something like that? You want to make a deal? Would I ever
0: sell my soul to the devil? Yeah. uh, Again? Oh.
1: (laughs) So I guess. No, I always. (laughs) Wait. So what part of your life did you sell your soul to? Like, what did did you benefit?
0: nah i didn't sell my soul to the devil i i probably would have wound up better if i had uh, <laughs> no i always thought it was a little bit strange to consider that to be like i mean if you really have to this is me this is not commenting on people that have seriously considered. but i'm like you got to have a few pieces missing you know what i mean if you're like everything in my life will be better the moment i can play fast so i'll sell my fucking soul for eternity to be able to play fast yeah for a little bit like, you got to be missing some pieces of your soul to do that. And I never I never lost, I, I remember thinking in my mind, and this is just, this is, um, I don't know if you call it arrogant or you just call it fucking stupid. But I remember thinking like, well, let's see if I can get there without selling my soul first. Let's see if I can get that good on my own. And then I would get to the point where I was happy with where I was and then I'd move on to something else. So it never occurred to me to like, I think the the truth is the actual truth deep dive on the concept is, it's one thing to say oh, but what you're talking about is you're sacrificing parts of your life to follow this thing. You go okay, I'm gonna sacrifice relationships and personal health just to be the best, just to fucking just so that I can be the best. And then you go when you and then when you get to be the best at something, you find out it really doesn't matter that much. (laughs) And then and I'm serious, I'm serious. I got to the point a couple times where I achieved exactly what I wanted to achieve, and you get there and you go oh. It's just another it's just like it's just another thing it's another yeah. thing like if you buy anything if you save up for a year to buy you know if you're a kid and you save up and you get a playstation or, or you get a phone or you get a whatever it gets it gets boring after about a month you're like it's cool i play it i do it but like after a while you're like i need another thing so when you're chasing the things the it's you'll just keep going you keep going down the rabbit hole so i that's why it never occurred to me to sell my my soul like it's fucking crazy but I I can I can respect people that go that far and then um, but I'm very interested in the next point what's the next point
1: well it's it's interesting that you're talking about that because um, you know one of the things we're talking about success and finally getting where you want to be and that's kind of the thing with with Andrew Wood Is that you know They had signed To the major label They were recording The album And everything would, Should have been Going amazing for him. But uh, <laughs> the more That you read into it And the more That you watch These documentaries And things like that From these other people Is that it's, it truly was not um, it, it, It's not all That it was It was Cracked up to be Like I know for At least for myself um, I had set a goal For myself When I first got into radio I wanted to make it To a major market On the east coast I did I ended up working In Miami Fort Lauderdale And once I yeah. did It was kind of like okay, now what?
0: Yeah, and, exactly. And, and, like,
1: it's cool, but now what? What is my next goal going to be? And, and I think that that's where um, Wood might have struggled a little bit is because it was all of a sudden, like, hey, you're getting this thing that you really wanted. Because yeah. in the early uh, early late 80s, early 90s in Seattle, when these bands first started to get signed, they were starting to get the stuff that they wanted. You know what I mean? Like, they yeah. were signing major labels. They were signing these deals. And, uh, you know, the, the some of the stuff that they... We're having to deal with, I don't think was very expected. But then when you want to talk about Wood and how he was dealing with things, um, you know, he'd already been to rehab and they were kind of hoping that everything was going to turn out the other way. And at one point he even wrote in, I believe it was one of his journals while he was in rehab. He said, my childhood taught me love had to hurt. He also said, I attempted suicide after my first breakup with a girl. And then another one that he had written was, my second introduced me to shooting drugs and STDs. Jesus. Yeah.
0: Jesus.
1: You want to go back to talking hey, about Adidas and Nike, huh?
0: Yeah, no, no. Well, it's better than some of the other d- darker stuff. But this is the thing. That's what you... Ex- that If that was like from some, someone else, you might be surprised. But that's kind of what people in Sing is like. It's almost like if they don't have that mentality it's like they're not living up to the hype i remember seeing in the foo fighters documentary that taylor hawkins started doing a whole bunch of drugs and had an overdose because he got famous as a drummer and he just didn't know how to handle the lifestyle and the whole thing and all the drummers that he had ever respected uh, would do that and they would die half of them and so he was doing it just because he didn't know what else to do at the time he was just living uh an example that had been shown to him by what was shown to him what, what was available to him at the time I remember people used to find it fascinating that I didn't have tattoos. And now yeah, you you're got fucking yeah, t- you're weird. TV hosts, they have tattoos. Like everyone's got fucking tattoos now. 20 years ago, you couldn't get a job on TV if you had tattoos. Now they prefer it. Point is, is, times are moving and changing. I never chose not to get a tattoo for any other reason than I don't want a tattoo. But people were like, dude, you're a singer in a band. Where's your tattoos? I'm like, why does that have to be a thing? Like, and, and also like, well, when, when was the time you got the most fucked up? And I'm like, I'm supposed to say, oh my God, I got so many stories. i got a few, but I don't have like Keith Moon stories. You know, like they assume that everyone, and so I think a lot of times you hear these types of things, but that is what, le- that type of, especially that upbringing, it's ironic if you say like, well, um, where did he, he said my childhood taught me love had to hurt. Yeah, that'll lead you into all that stuff. You don't need to be a singer to go down that road.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting considering that Wood uh, was roommates with Cornell. Cornell, obviously, doing Temple of the Dog in honor and memory of Andrew Wood. And when Cornell passed away, you know, there's people tell these stories about. um, I mean, really go look into the lyrics of Chris Cornell. I mean, there's some really deep, dark stuff in there. And there's people that knew him that, that said that he was just. He was wired differently, man, and yeah. and he just he was you know just a phenomenal, phenomenal lead singer. But we're going to get to that in a future episode of the History of Rock. But now here's something that I wanted to bring up because they make this a point in the one documentary malfunction the Andrew Wood story, and it goes through the hospital notes of when he passed away, and it starts on Friday, March 16th. His fiance calls 911 at 10 o'clock at night, and then about 20 minutes later he's revived and placed on a respirator. Then the following day on Saturday, around noon, he was admitted to the Trauma Intensive Care Unit. And then um, later that day, it says the patient was improving, CT scans uh, scans showed brain swelling. But it seems like progressively throughout that weekend from uh, Saturday through Sunday, patient breathing improves, condition hopeful, blood pressure stabilized, pupils reactive removed from paralysis medications, patient restless. That's going through Sunday at 2 p.m. And then the documentary points out there's like 10 hours of nurses notes missing from the hospital records. And then all of a sudden we get to Monday at 11.20 a.m. and it says patient unresponsive, no reflex, no signs of brain function. And then it was that afternoon, Monday, March 19th, 1990 at 3.15 p.m., Andrew Wood was removed from life support. Like, it's just, I don't know what they were trying to allude to in the documentary, mm. but it definitely seems weird. Well, because they're, they're
0: all all the, alluding to something. Yeah. Well,
1: yeah, because uh, all of the notes leading up until that point yeah, yeah, are saying that he's improving, and then there's 10 hours of notes missing, and all of a sudden it's like, he's gone. You know what I mean?
0: Well, you're saying, like, theoretically, so there's going to be some theories on, like, the people who were taking care of him at the hospital gave him... Or like some, yeah, or, or some, like some, something like some, yeah, else somebody else made a mistake,
1: up. somebody screwed up, or something. Yeah. And it, I mean, they don't go into it anymore in the documentary. It's not like they're, they're talking to anybody that brings any of this up or anybody mentions anything about it. It's just in a text that flashes up, kind of as a timeline, in the documentary. Yeah. So something, yeah, something. I don't like. I don't want to say fishy because it's like, ooh, it's nefarious and somebody secretly wanted him dead or something like that. But nah, it's definitely I, I mean, something it, it, that the documentary points out.
0: Yeah, he was all about the love, not like it was Biggie and Tupac.
1: Yes, he was Landrew the Love Child.
0: Yeah, man. What a great fucking name. <laughs> all right, so coming up to the wrap-up, what do we have to, to wrap this up?
1: Well, uh, what we're going to be doing here with the History of Rock is every single time we're going to give you a continued education. For anybody who's tuned into the podcast, if you want to go see any of these documentaries or books or anything else like that, there's a few recommendations. Uh, you can find it on YouTube, and it's especially for these first Few episodes. It's going to be very heavy grunge here for the history of rock because we're essentially we're going to go from Mother Love Bone to Temple of the Dog to Pearl Jam to Soundgarden. Those are the first four episodes. Well, it was supposed to be four episodes, but I think we figured out that we're going to be splitting those into two partners now. So I guess that's going to be the first eight episodes for you guys. But anyway, so uh, if you guys want, there's an uh, it's the documentary. It's called Hype. It's a 1996 grunge documentary. You can find it for free on YouTube right now. And if you're looking for anything grunge based it is it's like the go-to kind of for that you also have the 1993 mother love bone home video the love bone earth affair i haven't been able to find that one but then also over on youtube they do have malfunction the andrew wood story is available that was a 2005 documentary and something else that we're going to do here on the history of rock is we kind of want to give an idea of what other people were doing around this time their album Andrew Wood passed away March nineteenth, nineteen ninety. The album was released June nineteenth, nineteen ninety.
0: Kind of the start of gr- it was the, the the start of grunge. Really yeah, I mean, you'd already
1: had uh, like Soundgarden and Nirvana had already released some uh, had already released music, but none of them had been signed to a major label yet, um, and it was really the beginnings of the scene. And this is why we started with Mother Love Bone, is because Mother Love Bone was again like i think i've said this like a dozen times they were like the first band that was supposed to make it big from the grunge scene and unfortunately andrew wood passed away but other things that were going on here june 19th 1990 what were people listening to Well, they were listening to it must have been Love" by roxette now the original full title of that song is it must have been love christmas for the broken hearted Now four different versions of the song have been released. The original was released in 1987, but the most successful version, which is why people were listening to it in 1990, was because it was on the Pretty Woman soundtrack. And they obviously they omitted all the Christmas references that were because you know if it's it must have been love Christmas for the broken hearted. It's not a Christmas movie, so they got rid of all that.
0: So is there a Christmas version out there somewhere? That's
1: the original, I believe. It's it must have been love Christmas for the broken hearted.
0: I want to know if anyone has ever even fucking heard of that version. Put in the comments and go, yeah, <laughs> I listen to that. Like I've got no, no one's ever heard of that Christmas version. Ever.
1: That's my favorite. It's you my serious? favorite. No, I, no, I've never heard it. <laughs> Come on. But here's another thing we need to do is we need to get to the singles from the album. So the album was Apple by Mother Love Bone. You had the singles It went Stardog Champion, which has been stuck in my head for about a week. This is Shangri-La and Stargazer were the three singles that were released now. With Stardog Champion, they have kids singing on that track. And you have had kids singing on a track as well. Is is it something that you would still do? Did you notice that there was some definite differences in trying to get kids to sing a part of a song? Because it was from Polar Opposite, the intro to Odd One.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's really difficult. I remember specifically when they were recording, there was a guy there, there was a kid's choir, and there was a guy there who was the conductor or whatever, And he was missing a couple of pieces, and I went in and I said, Oh, it needs to be more like da 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 da. I can't remember how the part goes now, but I remember telling him it was still missing a thing. And okay, that's
1: that's enough. That's enough.
0: And I tried to explain it to the kids, and I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I couldn't explain it to these kids because. They're fucking kids did you i was trying podcast? to explain it to them like you did, they did like you? they'd heard the song before like they were professional musicians and i was like no you got to land on the one and then that second part is a, a jump beat and they were like and then i tried to do it with my hands and eventually the producer came up and he was like dude you just got to back off like this is not your job and the other guy you just got to let it just got to take the time that it takes and it took a long time to get to the point where they did. And i think we still had to do some editing but it was difficult it was difficult it'd probably be easier if it was a song that they knew and that they'd listened to for like two months but when they show up and they're just like yo just sing this thing i mean the kids were like what 10 between 8 and 12 years old or whatever there was a little kids choir from Mm -hmm. some school i forget and no it's not easy but it sounds it sounds interesting and yeah you do you need to do it if you want to i've tried to sing like that and pitch shift and do things to get like things that sound like a kids choir in the background you need to just get the kids choir if you want that sound But it's not easy working with kids Kids and pets, kids and dogs Yeah, that's what kids it was
1: always Yeah, Don't work with kids and pets Now, yeah. um, we. I think I'm going to start creating a Spotify playlist We did this originally with Rockstar 101 Where I was creating the, the best rock of 1989 The best rock of 1990 um, And I'm going to start one That's going to be the History of Rock Grunge playlist or Maybe we'll call it something else I don't really know um, but we're going to pick three songs from each album that we're talking about, and those songs are going to go into this playlist. And we only get three because there's going to be some albums we talk about where it's like, holy crap, I want that whole album in there. You only right. get three. So for myself, two of the singles I think are in. you got got Dog Champion and This Is Shangri-La. And it was even to the point in that one documentary with Andrew where he's talking to the kids that they're getting to sing for Dog Champion, and they all laugh when he tells them the name of the song. And he's right. like, and he goes, I don't even know what it means, so don't ask me. Or something like that, where he's like, he didn't even know what the hell Star Dog Champion meant. Um, right. So Stardog Champion, this is Shangri-La. But another song, uh, Crown of Thorns, which was actually on their debut EP that came out a year before um, Apple did. So the EP was called Shine. It was released on 1989. And it was the full song was Chloe Dancer, crown of thorns and then crown of thorns ended up on apple so those are my three that need to make it did you okay. have your three
0: well here's the thing i i told and we maybe we need to i don't like this record i'm just gonna i was gonna precurse it i don't like the record and i don't know if that makes me a horrible person but i listened it to does. this in preparation you're terrible i listened to it in preparation for this thing and i was like oh this sounds like what it is it sounds like the first grunge album and it was, and the whole sound and everything, and the band itself was still kind of taking shape. And I can hear how Pearl Jam might've sounded like that when they were getting started two or three years before their first hit, because there's elements. And the, so basically the, the tracks, that, and so here's the thing, I, I've been looking this up and I want to make sure I had the right record, because I have come bite the apple. Is that's off the record, right? What do you mean? The, the name of the song, "Come Bite the Apple." Yeah,
1: that's yeah, it's track number five on the album.
0: Right. Okay. Cool. So here's the thing: I went through the tracks and I wrote them down. I just I realized that we didn't pick any of the same ones, and my choices were literally just based on the groove. Because one the thing that I could get into was when the groove was going. So "Come Bite the Apple" and "Captain High Top," okay. both had a great groove, and then the thing that I found interesting was Mr. Danny Boy sounded like uh, Guns N' Roses' first album. The riff and the groove in that sounded very GNR to me. And I, w- I remember I was gonna ask you, do you think, because that, yeah, Appetite for Destruction definitely came out first, that they took a heavy influence from g and
1: I mean, it's possible. It's, it's the influences for, uh, that we at least know of for Andrew Wood. Um, like we mentioned in the previous episode, he's a big fan of Elton John, uh, Glenn Campbell as well, but another major influence was the band Kiss. Um, yeah. He would just wait for his parents to leave. He would grab the Kiss album and just, and, and blare the speakers in his house rocking out to that. so now we got to exactly figure out what are we what are we going to do. do where we don't have any of the same any of the same songs
0: i we, did we not think that was going to happen here's the thing you need to put your songs on the playlist because my opinion is biased i was not listening to the songs i was just listening to the groove
1: oh okay well i mean you we actually, can add my through then well but here's the thing too if you're watching this on youtube or if you're over on um spotify or however you're 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 listening to the history of rock you can make a comment. You can reach out to us. Um, I still have to open up a Twitter account, I think, and I think I have an email. It's around here somewhere. But anyway, uh, you can always reach out to Shim on social media or myself on social media and send us a message and be like, "Hey, I don't think it should have been this song. I think it should have been this song and give a reason yeah, or why." or tell
0: them like, "Hey, yeah, Shim was right. Those grooves are better. Yeah, than your choice of song." And we
1: can yeah. and we can and we can adjust it. But I I I, I kind of want to make it just those three because you all if you only get three songs it's gonna spark a better debate well no 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 no, not mine particular no it's what i'm meaning is that it's limited to three total songs you're not allowed right. to expand past it because it makes it more difficult you got to pick the best damn three
0: and- i want to know here's the, one of the main things i want to know in the comment section is how many people here listen to apple as much as brandon does because there's two types of people it sounds like people that listen to apple and people who don't, people who haven't, <laughs> because people, because I, that band, you got to remember, this is one of the reasons why it provokes interesting conversation between Brandon and myself. I grew up in Sydney, bands that were pivotal, Journey, Journey never happened in Australia. No one grew up listening to Journey. No, it wasn't on the radio. It's not, I never knew that that was a thing until I got to the States. Mother Love Bone never came over to Australia, never happened. So I never knew about that stuff. So Let me know in the comments section, is Apple an important record for you? Is that one of your things?
1: Yeah, definitely. And do you know who produced Apple, by the way? No. Do you know the name Terry Date?
0: Terry Date? Yeah.
1: He's only one of the biggest record producer and audio engineers. I mean, here I can go through. Just, I, nah, I have his Wikipedia. He's going to embarrass me. It's he good, worked I on said Panteras. Like hey, hold on. He worked on Panteras, Far Beyond Driven, Deftones, Adrenaline, White Zombies, Astro Creep 2000, Panteras, The Great Southern Trend Kill Deftones, Around the First, Soundgarden, A Sides, Incubus, Science, Stain, Dysfunction, Limp Bizkit Significant Other. Uh, Snoop Dogg, Greatest Hits, Deftones, Self titled album. Should I keep going? Ozzy nah, Osbourne, Prince of just- Darkness, Box set. Slipknot, What's, volume three, the Subliminal Versus. I didn't say I verses. didn't like
0: the production. I didn't say I didn't like the producer or the production. Fucking okay. sort of pseudo-throwing me under the bus. I said I didn't like the record. And maybe I was wrong.
1: Well, we'll have to get word to Terry Date and let him know. Fuck off. Yeah.
0: Terry Dates, yeah, he's paying attention to me. Damn, he also, right man,
1: now. you know, he also produced Sir Mix-a-Lot's Swass, which came out in 1988. Are you familiar with that?
0: No, I've heard of that, yeah, yeah. No.
1: Swass has Buttermilk Biscuits. Posse's on Broadway. My posse's, posse's on Broadway. Broadway. Larry is the white guy. People think he's funny. A Real estate investor who makes a lot of money. No?
0: Nah, no. I told you. Didn't make it over to the States, man. Or maybe it. I'm just too young. Maybe you're just showing your age.
1: I am. You can, you can from the, Especially your, your from this angle here. Shim can't see me right now because my camera's being used to record this. But it's
0: very... Yeah, if anyone's wondering why my eyes are going this way and that way, it's because I'm just going between... I, I can't say. Well, him. mine
1: are too because I actually I have you on two different screens. So if you're wondering why I'm doing that, I'm bouncing bounce between the two. But anyway, He's we got to wrap up this episode. We got to wrap up this no, episode. Yeah, okay,
0: go we got to okay. wrap up
1: this episode. I'm not high. I am not high. I promise I am right. not high.
0: All right. And what was the lot li- There was nothing else. That's it, right? We're done. So here. So that's Mother what Love bone things- released June 19th, 1990. And who are we checking out on the next episode? The
1: next episode says, obviously, we are going to go into Temple of the Dog because Chris Cornell had written a couple of songs. In memory of Andrew Wood, he reached out to Jeff Ament and Stone Gossard about recording some stuff, and it gets really interesting on how Eddie Vedder actually got involved with Temple of the Dog. And so we'll be talking about that in the next episode as well. And be paying attention because at some point here, Shim and I are going to go do a live stream on Twitch. Maybe we'll simulcast it his channel and my channel i'm not quite sure how we're going to do it yet but what we're going to do is um we're going to have a trivia game and it's going to be based on the stuff that you learn here on the history of rock and it's going to be all of the things that we talk about from apple i don't think we're going to go down the path of how do australians pronounce nike or how do australians pronounce Adidas. like that's not what we're talking about it's going to be all the stuff that's based in um, the music and the albums that we're talking about. So, at some point, we'll go live, and then you guys can interact directly with us, which you could do anyway. I mean, you know, Shim and I stream frequently, so you can always do that. But if you want specifically here for the History of Rock stuff, we'll be doing that, I think, maybe once a month. I think we'll yeah, we're, gonna,
0: we're working it out now as as we're deal, dealing with this. We're uh, we're working it out now. So, you can catch my stream on twitch.tv slash shimmusic. All the links are going to be in the description. Otherwise, just type in Shim or Shim Music into all the social media platforms. Brandon, you tell them where to find you, and then we'll sign this off.
1: <laughs> you can also find me over on Twitch at The Real Brandalorian, Instagram at The Real Brandalorian, YouTube at The Real Brandalorian. Oh, and do you know what I just opened up this weekend, Shim? What? I have a TikTok now.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, hey, I can't well, wait to see what you put up on TikTok. I
1: haven't put anything up yet so far, but I do have a TikTok, and it's not at the real Brandalorian. It's Goat the Brandeolorean because some son of a bitch out there already has the real Brandalorian on TikTok. Wow. Oddly enough, yeah, I don't know why. I mean, I, I typed it in. It's like, oh, I'm sorry, you can't use this username. And it was like, son of a yeah. bitch. I'm going yeah. with Goat the Brandeolorean. No, but bye. on that note. Thank you all for being here. Um, keep following us. Go follow all our social medias. And um, next episode, we're going to do a deep dive on Temple of the Dog. Shim, any parting words for everybody out there?
0: Nah, man. See you on the next one. Go ahead and leave your comments, and we'll talk to you guys very soon. Thank you very much. Stay fearless. Click the like, subscribe, all the doodads. And, uh, and then Class. do we do? His Class. name is Class dismissed. I thought thought you dropped the fuck out. Oh,
1: God. All right. Love you guys. Bye.